0: Welcome to Far Louder, your official association podcast.
1: Hello, FAR members. Thank you for joining us for another edition of our podcast, Far Louder. Um, as we've all been working and in many cases teaching remotely, broadband is something that um, is incredibly important. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. So I'm very happy to be joined today um, by Nick Miner uh, from King George County. He is the Director of Economic Development and Tourism. Nick, hello. Hello.
2: How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, nice to have you here. And then Lewis Foster, who is the Broadband Program Manager with Orange County's Broadband Authority. So Lewis, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for
0: inviting me.
1: And then I'm going to turn it over to Chip Taylor, who is certainly no stranger to many of us. He is a former FAR president and the current chair of our Public Policy Committee here at FAR, and probably one of the most passionate speakers on broadband that I have ever encountered. So Chip, um, thank you for being here and take it away
3: well thank you for having me on this podcast today i'm actually sitting here outside fox running king george county right now pulled over to the side of the car opened up my laptop got my hotspot going this is a part of this is what we are now everything is technology driven um as you know and it's kind of been amplified with the virus that's going on nothing not telling no one anything they don't know but when it comes to the real estate world uh especially in the rural markets uh the internet is critical to a buyer's thinking in terms of the house and it's going to be critical in one of two ways it's going to be nope don't want it i really like i really liked this house before and now i have zero interest in the house or it's going to have a substantial impact on the value of the property, which is unfortunately going to hit the seller pretty hard. Um, So when you're driving around all these, and it's not just Teen George or Orange, it's Pennsylvania, Carolina, and now we know too that it's not just uh, this, it's schools, it's gaming, it's work, it's everything all together. And again, this is something that I'm hoping that we will be able to uh, maybe put a bigger spotlight on due to the virus. Maybe something positive will come out of this. I know everybody was working really hard on that, but the mindset of people and what we try to let people know is that the internet is not an option. It is it is a necessity. It is uh, many describe it as a utility, uh, electricity, water, sewer, and internet. Uh, we just got to have it anymore. So that's, that's how critical it's become in our business, in our field. So um, we want to ask each of the jurisdictions, too, just kind of on your locality, what percentage are you seeing? What do you what do you see the um, overall population uh, able to get access to high-speed internet? We'll start with you, Nick. Nick, you got to turn on your mic.
2: Yeah, I got you. Yep, yeah. so, um, so we actually had CIT do a broadband study in the county in two in 2018, so it's, it's fairly um, – Fairly relative to today, but what they discovered was uh, 12% of the county has no coverage. Um, 78% of the county does have internet, but it's either cellular, satellite, or DSL. Um, and, and that provides speeds of less than 10 megabytes per second download and one megabyte per second upload, which for today, if you're going to stream anything, if, if you're going to be involved with the modern internet, that's just not enough. Um, some, other, some other facts and figures from that uh, 38% of those people who responded to that survey, 38% of them found that service unacceptable. Uh, 43 of the respondents have K-12 through students, and then 46% reported using that service for um, to take college courses at home. So obviously the people of King George County <clears throat> are using it for the modern day purposes, um, but the service that's been provided is just not good enough.
3: And if I want to keep it real for the real estate people out there, when we mention to, to a client out there that we have cellular or satellite based, that's a big no. Uh, it, it, you might as well not have it. That's, that's not in any sufficient capacity. Even if a seller tells us that they're very happy with the service they're getting, it's just not going to pass the, the smell test with the buyers that are out there. So just just to know kind of the reaction that we're going to get from our clients out there. And Lewis, how about out in orange?
0: In Orange, uh, approximately 50% of our residents have access to high-speed internet. The current areas served by uh, high-speed internet are Town of Orange, Gordonsville, Lake of the Woods, and some secondary roads off of State Route 20, State Route 3, and US 15. Other than that, you have no internet access in Orange.
3: Wow. And and this is something, it's not a new topic. We've been talking about this for many years, been working on it. Although we're seeing some successes, we're seeing some neighborhoods hooked up, Um, we also need to know kind of what's holding you back. What is the challenge, whether it's money or whether it's technology, what might that be? And I'll throw it back to you, Lewis. What's holding Orange back from getting to 100 percent?
0: Well, fortunately, uh, in May, the Broadband Authority approved a three-year broadband internet access program that will focus on areas in the county that don't currently have broadband access available which I stated earlier, Towns of Orange and Gordonsville Lake of the Woods and other areas that has availability, they're not covered in this program. Uh, Of the 17,459 addresses located in Orange County, 9,345 already have broadband internet access. The remaining areas of the county that are underserved are mostly in the rural areas of the county where Homes of business are widely spaced and commercial service providers do not consider them profitable. The goal for the broadband authority is install approximately 250 miles of fiber over to, to connect 5,900 residents over the three-year period. This program will provide broadband coverage to approximately 90% of the population. The other 10% we can talk about uh, in a little bit, but I don't want to delay for the initial question. So we have got funding in process for these to the make it at least
3: 90%. And I want to be real clear. We're not singling out King George or Orange County. It's it's any rural county. And surprisingly, some areas that are actually quite dense still don't have access all the time. So it's not to focus on on these counties all around. Uh, um, Nick, what's going on in King George? What is holding us back to get further on off that 12% up to 50% even?
2: Um, I'm... <clears throat> I would say, you know, it, it's a it's a number of things. I think for rural counties, one of the biggest issues is just not having a lot of community anchors, not having a lot of big business, business locations or commercial areas where you can actually draw from and bring it out. Um, the other thing is population density. Obviously, um, it's just not enough neighborhoods where our large neighborhoods where you can actually connect one to the other and, and get it and get it across the county. Um, and then the other thing is just really adoption. Um, adoption and just the, the demand for it I mean King George County is a is a, I would say a relatively older county there the demographics here um, skewed towards retirees I think the base also has a bit of a a bit of an impact on that where the, the type of professionals that are working there are um, are in that higher age group, but it doesn't mean that they don't require or don't especially now anyway, don't require internet service. So I think it's basically, you know, the the adoption side of it, community anchors and um just population density.
3: Okay, but, but let's let's be real here a little bit. A lot of people that are gonna be living in King George County and, and Orange Counties, they're not necessarily retired. These I mean we're sitting outside of a major research and development base. Yeah, um, so the people that work here have this stuff and we understand the density portion of it, but that isn't going to change in the next 10, 20, 30 years in King George County per se. So what is, what is holding us back to find a solution until we get to that dense,
2: you know, denseness? Well, there's, I'd say this: COVID-19 really, really opened up the county for as far as the demand goes. Um, I think at the time, anyway, I mean, currently there's probably three or four major providers in the county, Atlantic Broadband, I think Verizon File Services, a uh, handful of neighborhoods. Um, and then the rest of it, like I said, is just really Verizon Wireless um, and Satellite. Uh, so, I mean, what's holding it back? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, a, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I want to say that it's just the overall um, – you know, availability to resources. Uh, I think the county, I would say that the county government does know that there is a problem. It's just sort of getting it here, you know, an increase, I think an increase in population would really help, you know, kind of changing that mindset and go towards that. I'm curious in both
3: counties, are there technologies that exist out there that if you had the proper funding that they could be implemented into the counties? Is it that level of a problem?
0: I'll take that question. Uh, we have a lot of tree cover. Uh, okay. Olets come out in the spring and stays to the fall. And with a tree cover, you just don't have the penetration of wireless. Okay. You can get decent coverage in the, the fall, winter, but when spring comes around, it's an issue. And the bottom line is return on investment. All these private companies, uh, we all probably have stocks and bonds and investment, in all these, say Verizon's, Comcast, at and all that, they're going where the money's at, which is your suburban metro areas where they can put in a dollar and get a, a return on investment quickly. So we're all guilty of that when we invest in these stocks and bonds. I mean, because we want to make money. Ultimately, no one, there's no money to be made in the rural market and broadband. If it was, it would already been done.
3: And I've long said that I I wish there was a, I know there are some initiatives, but I wish this was a state initiative versus a locality initiative where each locality is trying to figure this out. Because back in the day when electricity was put in homes, I'm sure the same thing was said there, that electricity was not, uh, you can't make money putting it all the way up to that farmhouse, but you could do it. And, you know, in the world that we live in right now, and especially uh, God love the people have got to teach their kids from home right now. I, I can't even imagine the frustration level if you don't have that. Uh, do you see any, uh, do you see it? When do you see us getting to that point of having uh, the tools that you guys need to get it further enhanced into your counties? How much? What's, what's, what timeline do you see?
0: Well, federal government's trying to put in some money with RDOF. There's uh, state vetty money. Uh, Unfortunately, the VATI money, you have to partner with a service provider, which we've tried to go out and get a service provider to partner with us, but pretty much they were very small, hadn't had a whole lot of track record. So basically our application looked terrible. So basically the Orange County Broadband Authority just had enough of going that route and they had to do something for their citizens. And basically, COVID-19 magnified the problem even more so. Mm-hmm. So they got tired of waiting. So they made the investment that we're going to do it because our citizens and students deserve better. So we're hoping uh, eventually the state will change some of their VAT requirements to allow uh, broadband authorities to attain some of the money. Uh, I'm from Georgia, uh, moved up here a little over a year, and actually a lot of the rules and regulations were a lot open in the state of Georgia than they are in Virginia. They're very restrictive. And I think some of that needs to be changing. And Chip,
1: I'll just interject really quickly so our listeners understand Um VATI is the Virginia Technology Infrastructure Grant that provides funding for localities to do broadband deployment and FAR has been supportive of Stafford had an application and Nick, you guys had one in King George as well, didn't
2: you? Yeah, last year they actually put one in. Um, I can't remember exactly the neighborhood, but I don't think they got rewarded.
1: So we've certainly, from a FAR perspective, tried to be supportive when we can be for state dollars that would come to our jurisdictions. Um, But I think that when I was listening um, a few weeks ago, we had Nick on another um, event and I was really impressed with what King George was doing to deploy broadband, that you're not waiting for the state to come with funds to take care of the problem and then rewind a year ago we did something with orange county um, and you all have had a plan for quite a while so i was very impressed with the amount of effort and focus that these two very rural counties are putting on deploying broadband throughout their jurisdictions because it is especially now under the lens of covid it's even more important but before that happened you all were very focused on on deploying broadband so i think that y'all deserve kudos for for taking the lead and trying to make this happen yeah yeah absolutely thank you (laughs) Yeah, I was going
3: to say, it's definitely definitely a complex problem. And now with the floodlights of COVID on us, especially with schools in place, what kind of short-term solutions do you have for those uh, people that live rural that don't have access in terms of getting them accessibility to, uh,
2: for now, um, some high-speed internet? And either one of you can grab that. Yeah, I'll I'll start this time. So just to sort of um, follow up on what Kim said, so back in March, the board actually approved – are signed to MOU between Dominion, the Northern Neck Cooperative, and All Points Broadband for the Dominion uh, Rural, Pi- Rural Broadband Pilot Project. So the Northern Neck, <clears throat> and that is, that's including King George, got selected for this program. And so we signed the MOU on that. And what essentially what's happening is that Dominion is deploying broadband throughout their substations, starting, starting with one of them um, in King George County. And then it's sort of moving all the way down to Northern Neck. So what they're going to do is branch off of the utility lines and deploy broadband or deploy internet fiber optics, um, or it could be wireless depending on how they uh, they write up the RFP um, to each home within the Northern Net. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out or I'm trying to understand exactly as we get more information, um, what funding resources we're all going to use for that. But I do know that the board back in early August approved $500,000 to go towards that pilot program. Um, So we're hoping that that will lead to broadband throughout the entire county um, by, I believe, 2021, 2022 is when we hope that project will be done. Um, However, Dominion has to go to the SCC in order to get final approval on that. They have to be approved to allow uh, fiber optics to be used, or I should say power lines to be used as a distribution hub for um, for cable or for broadband in this case. And that's the sort of thing that Kim was referring to.
3: Nick, if I can clarify, so you're saying if everything went right, yep. it's got potential within by 2021, 2022 for all residents of King George County to have access?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so everybody who's underserved, so if you, if you filled out this CIT survey or and you came up as someone who was underserved, and that's mostly, I, would, I mean, it's all throughout King George County, but we're talking about the really rural areas in King George where it's way out there in Shiloh towards Westmoreland or it's way up in uh Paso Patonsi, I hope that I pronounced that correctly, mm-hmm. um up in King George. So those type of areas where it's really spread out, it's not very dense, um, and you are on satellite or you are on DSL and you're at that 10 megabytes or less. Uh, I believe the federal or the FCC classification of underserved is 25, 25 megabytes or less in fi- uh, download and five megabytes upload speed. So if you have less than that, you consider it underserved, and so that's who they are target- targeting with this pilot program. Um, and the intention is to use the co-op distribution lines and Dominion's, uh, I believe, transmission lines that go all the way down the Northern Neck, in order to get it to these get it to these homes. So they're going to cover the middle mile, essentially the big utility companies, and then the broadband company is going to cover the last mile. And that awesome. could be, yep, and that could either be in the form of, you know, fiber to the home, or it could be a, a wireless solution. And Like I said, they haven't determined exactly what that is. Okay. And Lewis, your numbers were a little bit higher than what Nick had stated for King George, but you
3: still got a long ways to go to get everyone hooked up. Um, how about, what would you say to this?
0: As uh, far as the deployment countywide, or you want to yeah. reference back to what we do in short term for the children? Short,
3: short term, and then, yeah, short term for now, yeah.
0: Okay, currently over 40% of our school children don't have access to reliable internet in their home. Uh, the Broadband Authority is currently deploying some hotspots to improve uh, internet access until students have reliable internet in their homes. The spots will be deployed in the following areas of the county: uh, Mine Run area, Saint Just, Indian Town, Rhodesville, Barbersville, Booster Park, uh, Madison Run, and Laurel Ro- Lahore Road. Uh, but I like to also make note uh, by us. Um, Updating these hotspots, uh, the installation will not impact our schedule of, of a three-year internet access program. In fact, it's probably going to speed the process up for our first year, so we could be able to use those lines to connect additional uh, homes off of those
2: hotspot lines. Thank you.
3: And Nick, could you expand a little bit too in King George for the students where yeah, they can
2: go so to access? Yeah. So what the what the school board did was use. This is in the immediate. What the school board went ahead and did was buy MiFi spots for anybody who did not have adequate um, internet. So I think they spent somewhere, I want to say, between the range of 50000 to to $100,000 on MiFi spots. So they sent out a survey and essentially said, if you do not have adequate internet, um, you can apply for one of these MiFi spots. So, and I believe they also got laptops, but don't quote me on that. Um, but I know they got MiFi's and that was approved by the Board of Supervisors in the last Board of Supervisors meeting. So that's what they've been doing here, just in the immediate for the school-aged children.
3: So, do do you do either of you think we're going to be experiencing issues still with the kids, or do you think there's a solution for them out there at some one way or another to get access to get
2: online? That's that's I mean that's that's tough to say. I know that um, cellular service out here is a little bit you know in some in some situations or in some areas that it's a little um, shaky. And so it, it really just all depends on where you live at. I know that the closer you live to the base, I think the harder it is to sort of get a signal because the base sort of draws that or um, puts a really hard pull on the bandwidth in the county when it comes to wireless. Uh, so it's one of those, you know, it may depend on when you try to access it, um, and it's it, it's hard to say as of right now.
3: Okay.
2: How about you, Lewis? Do you
3: feel like you've got things under control as best you can?
2: Uh
0: you always uh wish uh for hope for the best and expect for the worst nothing's guaranteed uh, what's going on we don't we not know what tomorrow's gonna bring but we're taking the some cova money and trying to use it for a long-term goal of the county Uh, ultimately uh the county's got some hot spots they uh doing with the libraries and Orange County Public Schools issued Chromebooks, but ultimately the solution is to get fiber closer to the homes and residents. So that is kind of why we're using some of this COVID money to build fiber lines, but also we're using some of the parks and some of the uh, churches. that has got large parking lots with lighted areas. We're working out agreements so that way the students don't have to go far to upload and download their uh, homework. Mm -hmm. So the byproduct of that, we're able to utilize some of the infrastructure we put in with COVID money to eventually do fiber to the home off those trunk lines. So we're trying to maximize the money and looking at the long-term impact versus the short-term. That's our approach from the Broadband Authority.
3: Well, I know all of our members really appreciate all your efforts. Uh, that you're making, because we yeah, we know it's a very complex issue and everyone's trying to do their very best. I'm sure you're hearing it from all the residents and stuff like that, that are facing some difficulties, but we appreciate all the efforts that you're doing. You kind of answered the question before you have me a little bit optimistic and hopeful that this may not be a five or 10 years down the road approach to high speed. It has the potential of being within a few years. Um, is that correct, you think? Do you both of you see that?
0: I would say when you get to ninety percent to ninety-five percent, that's realistic. But the hard areas that you go miles and miles. For example, the the last ten percent in Orange County of uh, reaching, say, twenty-eight hundred people, you've got to build like three hundred and forty-two miles of fiber. It, do the math. If it costs yeah. say forty or fifty thousand dollars a mile, and you're only going to serve twenty-eight seventy-seven residents in a matter of time. So ultimately, uh, the hotspots would hopefully impact some of these areas that we can keep them up after COVID-19 to at least allow them to come up. And and, and by having several hotspots, we're hoping the bandwidth would not be saturated so then you could make it a fair, don't take up all the parking lot to get something. So uh, long-term, just during the math, uh, a lot of people don't realize – uh, some of the, the challenges you're faced today with building out broadband—you got supply chain uh, issues with uh, fiber. You got a demand issue. Uh, some uh, factories been shut down for a while. So, in this, in the federal government's getting ready to unload a lot of money on RDOF So, the supply chain is going to get going to get more complicated complicated. I mean it's gonna be harder to everybody going after the same materials and supplies to make this happen. So you're gonna have some areas there's gonna be the haves and you're gonna have some the have nots because of the supply chain demand. So we're gearing up and fortunately we've got some agreements in place that we're 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 sure that we're gonna have our fiber and our material that we've been negotiating agreements and contracts and some of these people that don't get out in front they're gonna be in the waiting lines. They're gonna have contractors, but they ain't gonna have the materials to build or do anything for broadband.
2: And Nick, would you want to add, add anything? Yeah, I mean, King George, I, I would say this. I think so. The, this pilot program is dependent upon the SEC's vote this fall. Um, I can't see them. I can't see them going against this. Um, we we have received letters of support, I believe, from our state, from our state representatives, our congressional representatives uh in order for them to fund this project um the county has put money up the other localities in the other in the northern neck have put money up i believe uh so we feel pretty confident that by at least 2020 you know 2021 2022 we should either start to see construction or they should be you know in the dead heat of it so we feel pretty confident about this And, and and in the case that you know it doesn't You know, we have, we can go after Batty Grants. Our EDA is looking at a way to potentially get, at least at this point anyway, wireless internet to to neighborhoods the best we possibly can, Um, you know, partnering with HOAs and trying to figure out the best way to go after. So, you know, even if it, so even if it doesn't work out for this pilot program, um, we'll figure it out.
1: <clears throat> hey, Chip, I have a, maybe a final question that includes you as a respondent, too. Um, right. So I know we've been talking a lot just in, you know, popular discussion about, well, what's going on now change patterns, you know, sort of permanently going forward. Do you three see the combination of expanded de- deployment of broadband, um, you know, increased maybe uh, embracing of telework? as being sort of a game changer for rural America that I can have a job in DC now, but still live here. And if I've got that internet connection and I'm only going to work maybe, you know, once a month or something, is this gonna be a game changer for the economics of rural America?
3: Oh, ab- absolutely. There's just, without a doubt, we are, we, the world has just shifted on its axis about, you know, six months ago. Uh, you know, in particular, the real estate industry, we still use our bricks and mortar real estate, and but we had to adapt really quick to the sudden changes. And now that we've kind of gotten somewhat back to a normal uh, system, no, uh, real estate agents have figured out that they pretty much can work from home. They have the technology. Look at me; I'm on the side of the road right now, I've pulled over, and and actually having this conference with uh, you guys in multiple counties. And you're going to see that across the board. I, I, I see two two last things. I, I see the urban areas. I see them wanting to go to the rural areas. But then I see rural areas still having these connectivity issues. And so there's somewhere in the middle there you're going to be seeing. But absolutely, impact labor has been impacted hugely um, by all these changes. What are you gentlemen seeing?
0: I really believe uh, over the next two or three years, you're going to see more people migrating to rural areas. You look at all the unrest in the inner cities with all the police and all the rioting and different type. And people want to go to a safe community where they can raise their family and children. And ultimately, uh, it costs a lot of money to upkeep uh, uh, office facilities for housing employees and staff. And they real, and everyone's realizing that if, if they got fat, high-speed internet, they can work from home and then meet into a certain area once a week. So I think we're in an ideal situation in Orange County. By us building out our uh, fiber infrastructure, you're gonna see. I think real estate uh, in a lot of areas take off, and their values going increase. And I think you're gonna see uh, Orange County start uh, seeing some growth areas because of this broadband. Because a lot, fortunately. Uh, by us getting a head start, some of these rural counties around us is not going to be out front, and hopefully we're going to be out in front of it so we can have a thriving community in Orange County.
2: Yeah, some, similar to what he, what, you know, what he just said. I mean, King George has kind of seen this already, Um probably just not at the accelerated pace that I think we will see it. Um, I, know, I know for a fact that there's a gentleman, well, I should say this, my, my wife's boss works in D.C., and he's moving to Charlottesville now. Um, he's like, why do I have to commute two hours to D.C. sitting in that traffic when I'm going to be working from home in the future anyway? Um, so it's it's going to completely change now. I think I think the majority of the people who who live in that D.C. metro area are going to start looking further south or or to these rural or suburban areas because it's just it's just a better quality of life. Um, Orange County, King George County, these rural counties who can, you know, who can sort of market themselves as, you know, get away from the hustle and bustle. You can still make that salary or in, um, that D.C. salary in this, you know, in this lower cost of living. I mean, that's your selling edge for you realtors out there. And I know that's how I'm going to continue to market the county. Um, you know, we, we have a base. We're fortunate enough to have a base, but we're also – uh, surrounded by two rivers. Um, it's a slow lifestyle out here. Uh, the cost of living is, is much lower. The taxes are much lower out here. We have a lot going for us, um, you know, in the next three or four years.
3: Absolutely. Well, and the most super important role y'all can play is to continue to work out and do everything you're doing already to expand internet options uh, so that when they want to come and find these lovely counties, rural counties, that they can also Hit that switch and turn on their internet and be very happy living in these rural counties. So, yep. I I appreciate both your time today.
1: Best yep. gentlemen, thank you so much as a as a come here who's been here for ten years now. I have ex- really enjoyed the amenities that King George and Orange have to offer: great wineries, outdoor activities, history, and now you you know working towards high speed internet. It's
2: yep. it's
1: a great place to be.
2: And I just wanted to say I am a Orange County High School graduate, <laughs> and now I work for King George. So I'm, I'm connected on both sides. I actually You're grew up in, it local. Yep, exactly. Yep, went to Germanic Community College, and um, and I grew up in Locust Grove. So I know exactly what you know what the role you know what the role broadband issue is. You know, it's just it's a big challenge for everybody, and it's just nice to see that, or at least be a part of it now, trying to change it. So.
1: Well, thank you all for your time. Chip, thank you for being a leader in this um, organization on broadband. You have been a great voice over the years, and I appreciate you joining me today. So thanks, y'all.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Far
0: Louder. Find more resources at farmembers.com.